to New Zealand Vegan Podcast episode 149. I'm calling this episode on engendering hostility. It's something that has been percolating a while in my head and um, I just haven't done um, a podcast for very long and I don't do them very regularly but I you know when I need to do one I do one and um, I need to do one. Because something's been bothering me, um, and it was really helped along by I was really lucky to be invited back on um, Carolyn Harris's Always for Animal Rights um, podcast. That's a podcast based in Canada, and she's had me on this show um, two times, which is very kind. And it was very timely, the subject matter, because she was talking about... um, she was interested in in having a discussion with me um, about the sort of actions that um, such as um, that direct action everywhere and groups like that promote um, things like blocking people from doing their shopping at the supermarket or um, stopping them from going into a restaurant or things like that. So we had a really interesting conversation about it and you can listen to that conversation. But I wanted to talk a little bit more just about, because I get to ramble on and on on my podcast because (laughs) it's very indulgent of me, and that's what I'm going to do, about this hostility thing, which I briefly sort of touched upon with Carolyn, is that, because it goes back to from when when I really first started, and um, it's sort of doing any kind of activism, which was mostly online, and then of course my street stall, um, where... We didn't encounter, I mean, sorry, the, the, the theme is, is ho- engendering hostility. And what I mean by that is when we're doing activism about veganism and it's challenging everyday people or any people, anyone, doesn't matter what you do, who you are, on your mor- moral, moral behavior, your actions and your actions which you do every day, all day, almost without a second thought, and um, it's going to, you know, you are going to have a hostile reaction from some people, but you get that from any time you challenge a social norm, and that just goes with the territory. So I'm not, this podcast isn't about the baby steps people who want to pat people on the back so they can completely avoid any... um, hostility or anything like that what I'm talking about is because of the nature of what we're doing we're going to encounter resistance that's just the way it is but when you seem to go out of your way to create hostility where there wouldn't otherwise be any or there doesn't need to be any or the hostility is you know engendered by your choice of how to engage with people um then you're causing unnecessary um, hostility, in my opinion. One example is the demonstration that happened, I think it was last year. Time goes so quickly as you get older. But when it was right before myself and Jeff started up the street stall after I graduated from university, and um, I think I'd been working for a while and I was sort of catching my breath after really... three years 
And we got out there and it just so happened that it was the weekend following this direct action everywhere, um, New Zealand contingent, um, going to a supermarket and blocking people from reaching the meat counter. They focused on meat and chanting and holding signs, but, you know, stopping people from buying, from being able to get to the meat that they wanted to buy for their shopping. And, um, I mean, there's so many things wrong with that, the focus on meat is so so wrong but um it caused intense hostility and it was hostility that myself and Jeff really had to deal with because we had a terrible time at the street still the next time we did it because sadly it was done in the name of veganism even though it was focusing on meat um and also um yeah and the I think the organizers were surprised even like I saw an interview with them and I felt quite sorry for them actually because they they dealt with some really really very hostile reactions and um and and I remember a long time ago when I first started out oh let me just finish that thought so to me there of course I'm I I I'm on the side of animal rights not speciesist campaigning like focusing on meat okay but I'm I'm not on the side of the the non-vegans who are like being hostile I'm not I'm not supporting that at all what I'm trying to say is that you know they go on and on about how we need to be tactical we need to be tactical well how about doing a little critical thinking about your own tactics in that regard because you can be you're going to encounter enough hostility to feel, you know, if that's what you need to feel, to, to, to encounter in order to feel like you're doing something. Um, this is my theory that I'm sort of starting to develop. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, I feel like there are people, and I could be wrong, but I feel like there are people who, or like most people, they just don't feel like they're doing anything. If people aren't angry at them, they think, oh gosh, nobody's angry at me. I mustn't be doing it right. Like, of course, they're going to be angry at me because, um, you know, that means I'm a protester, and that means I'm a rebel, and that means I'm challenging them, and I I disagree with that being your drive, because I think it's wrong-headed, and I think that, I really think it's pervasive, I really, really do, and so you're creating a situation where some of those people, if you had had, um, just information about veganism maybe you were outside the supermarket with information a big sign vegan information here here's some vegan information come and have a conversation with me about veganism ask me any question and I can answer it because I've read Gary Francione's books um, you know something like that and um, I think that a lot of the people who were very hostile might not be so hostile they might have had a little bit more of an open mind hello so you're creating this extra hostility that doesn't need to be there we get enough hostility as it is just even being very um um you know um educational and factual and trying not to um uh scandalize people you're gonna get plenty of hostility from the social norms where where they're challenged, but you will, I think you'll just will just gain so much more ground if we don't engender it in this way. I just think it's so unnecessary. 
And I think it's counterproductive. And I think it's deliberate, um, sadly. Um, and then I think people are really shocked when, you know, things, maybe even violent things can happen, you know. But um, that's what I see happening a lot of, and I, I don't see the point. I, I disagree with it. There's just so many other examples I could give. Um, another, one of the things that got me thinking about it too, because when I first started doing activism, I was very obviously new and very naive and um, very inexperienced with anything like that. I'd never tried to advocate for anything. I didn't really care. I mean, I cared about stuff, but I just, just never advocated for anything um, in, a, in a way in that way and there are people who've been doing it for a long time there's a lot of really manipulative people in the animal movement it's full of it's I'm yeah not impressed but I remember one time there was this um you could go on all these different internet pages and one of them was I think the the people on it were the type of internet atmosphere that was on this page was very um what's the word uh, the, the the sort of attitudes being expressed were very bigoted and um there was a lot of sort of it just seemed to be a pretty I mean I, w I wouldn't want to go on there and advocate for feminism or um you know gay rights or anything it seemed to be very reactionary very um not a, not a very open-minded place and then um, this person would go on there and start threads about veganism and get all of this really reactionary um, and hostile but also just very very um, reactionary responses and except for occasionally there might be some poor soul who'd wandered into this place and and was like oh yeah I, I can I can relate to that but most of the time and I and I was and I just looked at the at the thread and I was thinking I said gosh this isn't going very well and the argument given to me was well these are everyday people so you know you have to start here I mean if you can't do it here you can't do it anywhere and um, the person who was very very manipulative person but also very convincing and I also think they were an instigator they just loved to experiment with people and just make trouble and then watch the mayhem that they caused and this was definitely causing mayhem on this thread but thinking about it now I actually think you know I remember in the debate with Gary Francione with Eric Marcus which is a must listen just listen to that debate you know I'm sure there are people who stumble across my podcast or who see my Facebook page and they think that I don't listen to anybody but Gary Francione and that I don't know the other arguments and that you know, I don't think, I have heard the other arguments, okay, I have listened to the debate, Eric Marcus got to talk, and, you know, at first he was protesting that he didn't, oh, you won't let me talk, well, he finally got to talk, he got to talk a lot, and I listened to everything he said, okay, it was a debate, there were two sides to it, I just happen to agree with the side that's not Eric Marcus's side, but I've listened to the arguments, believe me, I've listened to the arguments against abolition, um, but he kept going on about the low-hanging fruit. And now in his mind, the low-hanging fruit, because you know the concept of low-hanging fruit. We all know the concept of low-hanging fruit, right? 
And what Gary Grenzian was saying was that it's not low-hanging fruit. There's an opportunity cost. This was about welfareism and welfareist campaigning. So I think go and listen to that debate if you want the details. But I still, for me, in a way, when you do, when you um, put yourself out there without actively seeking a hostile environment, without actively sort of going out of your way to create a hostile environment, you're going in a way to the low-hanging fruit because you're, um, you know, if you go to, if you have a a, a nice sunny day where everybody's um, relaxed and you're, you know, you've got your vegan information stall and you don't have any gory images, um... You know, you don't have, um, you're not chanting and just sort of like, like maybe people are trying to just listen to music or something and you're just chanting in a big group. I mean, that's pretty annoying. Um, Then you're, but, okay, I'll get back to the chanting. But you're creating an environment where, um, you can still have the hard-hitting conversations and you'll still get reactions and you'll still get some people who become hostile and there'll be people who seek you out, who, who look at your sign and say silly things or who come over just to argue with you or just to provoke you. They just want to provoke you. Um, and that's fine. That goes with the territory. But you're, you're, not in, you're not creating, you're not deliberately creating this hostile environment. You are, um, you're not overtly doing it. Nobody can accuse you just for standing there and, and having information. Or if they do, they're going to look, you know, you, people are going to see through that. And so it's it's a way of um, maybe getting to people. What I mean by low-hanging fruit is like you take, so let's say you take 20 people. And out of those 20 people, 15 of them are completely not interested in veganism. They don't even want to know about it. They're just not interested. But five of them are a little bit interested or at least open-minded to it or at least they haven't even thought about it so they haven't actually been polluted hopefully by welfareism or anything like that and those five people you know you get to talk to them you take those same 20 people and you go to the supermarket and you chant in their faces and you block the door blockade the door and you prevent them from just getting whatever it is they need to do to go before they can go home and go to sleep and before they have to get up and go to work again I think those five people you've you've probably um you know created an environment where they're not really gonna it's not conducive to listen to listening to you you know what cracks me up is half the people who um agree with these tactics because all the welfareist movement want to agree with each other and they're like no we, we love what everybody does um, we're all in this together. We're working towards the same goal. That's their mantra. But then these are the same people who say that, who told us that talking to people about veganism would scare people away. Well, I think um, creating a hostile environment deliberately is probably more likely to scare people away than is trying to do um, vegan education without going out of your way to create a hostile environment by preventing people from physically moving, for example, or um, preventing them from um, being able to talk to you because you're too busy yelling or chanting. So that's my thoughts on that, and I see a lot of it. And again, it goes back to where I do feel like 
people have this misguided thing that, um, and I could be wrong. I mean, I really, if I could just engage with them, maybe in a little more productive way, um, maybe they could tell me what's going on with them. The pe- I mean, the people who do these kinds of things. But it seems to me, and I've been developing this, I'm just, I don't know, it just seems to me that they really don't think they're doing anything to, to fight for animals or on the side of justice if they're not being um, in a very hostile environment. And um, let me tell you, everybody listening, I mean, honestly, right now we're still at the beginning, sadly. We don't have a united vegan movement. There's very few people out there giving an unequivocal vegan message, although there is more and more. In the grand scheme of things, we're outnumbered still. And... Um, be ready because the real pushback hasn't come yet because we haven't done enough yet. There's going to be pushback. There is going to be major pushback. And um, we better be, um, there better be more of us, you know, able to have a... Um, non-violent and rational and um, clear thinking way of dealing with the pushback when it comes because what I'm trying to say is there are a lot of powerful people out there who really don't want to see veganism taking off and right now we're just a little I don't know the analogy all the analogies are sort of speciesist ones um, like they would they would use the example of like a mosquito on on an elephant you know that that's sort of what 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 we are, and um, all this grandstanding. Like if you listen to um, the debate with Gary Francione and Eric Marcus, where Eric Marcus argues that the animal industry spent two million dollars or something like this on this campaign, and Gary Francione's response was, "That's pocket change. That is nothing to them. Um, this is a billion dollar industry, and um, when if we get to the point where we really see." this really you know where there's 20 percent of the population even you know we might see some real pushback like um and i think that it, sadly i think that the people who seem to live for uh you know action action in their words being being beaten up or thrown out of places or put in jail unjustly imprisoned and all they live nothing more than to be and put in jail unjustly and then they can be opposed to person but I shouldn't say that I, I'm not saying everyone's like that but sometimes I wonder but that that could very well happen you know and I think a lot of times people look at things like the freedom riders or they look at the you know they look at the black lives matter movement for example and they want to they feel like, oh, we must, we must be like that because, you know, and you see what happens to them. I don't agree with it. It's unjust. But they get violently, <laughs> brutally, um, unjustly beaten and put down and shut down and imprisoned and wrongfully held and all of these things. And um, it doesn't mean that, that that's, that's, that's a reflective of... Um, of many things, reflective of racism, reflective of the of the um, the um, desire of the white, um, um, you know, the white powers that be, white race, 
to not lose any power and um, they see it as a threat and they react accordingly and I don't wish that on anyone and I I don't want that to happen to us I don't want to um, be in a situation where I go out and I have my street stall and then people come along and fire bomb it or something like that I don't want that to happen I think there are other people who would love nothing more and then they take a video of it and then they'd be like ah, you know this is great and I'd be devastated like this is bad <laughs> let's try not to let's try to I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it was my fault that I got firebombed if I was if I was doing um if I was um doing um nonviolent advocacy and I'm not I'm not trying to say that the people who get you know the people who who maybe protesters who get if there's something anything violent happens to them I'm not saying it's justified for non-vegans to be violent or even it's not even really justified for them to be hostile against the message of veganism but anybody's going to be hostile if you physically stop them from walking or doing things or you bought you know you do I mean it just it just makes sense so I'm not saying that we have to back down or we have to soften the message or we or we can't get out there and do advocacy or or that you know oh well it's our fault if people are hostile no what I'm saying is that you're creating these situations unnecessarily in my opinion and I don't think it's productive I think it's counterproductive and I hope I've explained why um so further to that coincidentally this is quite a coincidence um there um was a, a uh, so I, I finished my interview with and it was posted up and then it turns out that there was a recent march in um New Zealand and one of the I didn't even know about it I've been very I don't check in on the animal movement here anymore I don't look around it's the same state as when I left it basically it's new welfareist it's safe runs everything they're involved in everything they get their name in everything and um the only difference now which I regret is that they do use the word vegan but they use the word vegan and then they associate it with all this stuff that bums me out um I'm going to talk more about getting on the news because it's all related to this whole hostility engendered um, thing, um, and it, so the Santa Parade thing. So I, so I, oh Santa Parade. Why do I keep saying Santa Parade? You wonder. Well, I'll tell you. So apparently, I only found out a few days ago because someone invited me to post it on my page. There is where well, there was what they called a animal rights march and um, of course I read all of the speakers and they were all single issue campaign and one of the main speakers was uh, like the CEO or I don't know the something or other of SAFE which is the um, New Zealand the big New Zealand welfareist group here they're the ones and then there was other people who I'm sure are very well-meaning but they did single issue campaigns such as vivisection or anti-horse racing and things and um, I've talked enough about single issue campaigning and how detrimental I think it is and how speciesist I think it is so needless to say there's no way I'm gonna promote 
this. I don't care if you call it an animal rights march. So what happened? Well, it turns out I had no idea that this was going to happen. Okay, I didn't even know when the march was. Like, I'm sure they told me. I'm sure that I'm sure the person put it in the message. Like, oh, it's. But I didn't even pay attention. I'm kind of really detached. I just that has nothing. To do, none of this really has anything to do with me. It has nothing to do with my work. It has nothing to do with what I'm trying to do here. And while I sort of get discouraged by it and frustrated by it um I don't focus on it and I don't pay much attention to it um except for to deal with the aftermath which I usually never know is coming because I never know what these actions are going on and then I might choose to go out and do a street stall or something and then I'm like what is everyone's problem but anyway um so what do you know my friend Jeff my good buddy who we're gonna um, who I do the street stall with and we will be doing it again I know you all don't believe me but I'm telling you we are we're gonna get it up and running again um, it turns out that this animal march was, a, they crashed, so there's a thing called, um, so they had a Christmas, the very welly Christmas, so, so in New Zealand, I'm sure in other countries, they have Christmas celebrations really early in December, and they usually have like a Santa parade, where like, they have this, just floats and stuff, it's just like a parade, you know, like, you know how there's the you know, there's the Rainbow Parade, Gay Gay Rights Parade and all that. But this is like a Christmas parade. So they have they have floats and all this stuff. And like kids go out and la 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 la. It's just all about Christmas, whatever. But that was, they, they deliberately crashed it. They crashed the very wealthy Christmas. This was their choice, was to go to this Christmas parade and crash it with their protest. And the kills me because the hit the highlight the name of the article I'm reading which is on News Hub Wellington is hundreds of vegan protesters march straight through Wellington's Christmas celebrations so damn it they they you know I wish they would say hundreds of animal people you know I wish they wouldn't associate veganism with this now I know there's probably people listening going oh you're so mean and they're doing so look at this amazing thing that they've done and they're wanting to do this but this just goes back to my thing. So that this is the article. Photos on social media show masses of protesters interspersed with bewildered-looking families. And, um... Yeah. So, um... Okay. Need I say more? I mean, was that really necessary? I think they wanted to get on TV. I think they wanted to get in the news and they're wanting to get on the news because they're like, animal rights is important, you know, and they're right, animal rights is important. Um, we need to end animal exploitation. We need a vegan world. I don't disagree with any of that. I disagree with the tactics. And this gets to my next point about getting on the news. So, this got in the news because they crashed the, the, um, the Christmas parade, right? Now, people, there. I'm sure there are people listening who think that's a great thing. They're like, oh, yeah, that is totally the where it's at. Let's all do that kind of stuff. Well, I don't agree. Um, I think that um, getting on the news in this world, if you think about who controls the media, and if, I mean, there's a lot, I mentioned this briefly on, Caroline, on Carolyn's show, um, there's a lot of money. Like the TV and the newspaper and everything is controlled by corporate interests. And um, I've never seen anything good or positive about veganism on the news here. I remember once, 
I was doing my street stall. And, you know, it just says, not you know, stop violence. This was before the silly supermarket protest where they were, like, chanting that DXE slogan. It's not food, it's violence. And then everyone was very, very reactionary to our um, poster, which they never had before. Our, our big sign says, um, stop violence, go vegan. And I got that from Vincent Gahane, Animal Emancipation's um, posters. But, um, anyway, I've had that message on my street store since 2010. <clears throat> And there was never any issue with it. I mean, people would ask about it, but there was not. It wasn't related. Now it's related to this. They relate it to that DXE thing at the supermarket. But um, what I find is that I. Oh, so someone took a, 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 a New Zealand Herald, which is the biggest paper in New Zealand. Um, there was a professional-looking photographer guy, and I can't remember what other protest was going on. I think there was. Um, um, marches, human rights marches um, uh, about Egypt or something like that and um, and he came along and then he said oh I want to take a picture of your stool and I was like, he's like it's for the New Zealand Herald and I was like okay, he's like do I have your permission and I was like yeah sure, but of course it didn't make it into the paper because the last, that's too they don't want positive I mean to me my street stool is very positive, of course I'm going to say that they don't want positive um, clear, sort of clear, you know, um, images of veganism on the news. They don't want it. They want every time you get on the news, you're they usually making vegans look like, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a a non, I'm trying to think of like a politically correct word. You know, they make us look like a holes. You know, so you're going to get on the news if you block a supermarket and stop people from doing their shopping. It'll get you on the news. But is it putting vegans and our message in a positive, you know, um, sort of approachable kind of like getting people critically thinking? Or is, is it um, sensationalism that makes us all look like a bunch of jerks? I would say the latter, and so if and so this one here, this this march thing, and, and, pro, and might they might have gotten on the news with their march if they didn't crash the parade, but they wouldn't have got as much publicity as they did. But I don't want this publicity, you know. Um, people, they're got, they're using you, and you think it's great because you're getting on the TV. I think that it's negative. I don't want. I'm so, you know, all this stuff. Where every time I see vegan on the news, the last time I saw it um, on the news. One of the last times was when the safe people set themselves in cages. So like a human got into a little cage, like supposedly the same size as a battery hen cage, because it was the cage-free, cage-free egg campaign, which is still going on now. Um, and and then, of course, they got on the news for that. I mean, if I... That that photo of my stall um, would never get on the news. There's no way. It's it's people would say, oh, it's too boring. But yeah, it also wasn't, there was nothing that made me look like, you know, we didn't look like jerks either. I mean, if you look at all our literature and if you talk to us for three seconds, um, you're going to hear some um, pretty compelling stuff because it's the idea is very powerful. And that's where you have to get out there. How many times do you have to say it? And you don't need to get on the news. If the only way that you're going to get on the news is to do stuff that makes us look like, you know, nut jobs or whatever then um please just don't like you can and then it's like oh we need publicity we need publicity if you get out in the streets and you don't get on the tv or you know you don't get like a massive amount of social media following 
but you um those people who you're spreading an idea and and you're not and you're not polluting it you know with this um unnecessary stuff that just makes it harder for the rest of us now i have to go out like if i go out to the street stall like the people in wellington if there's an abolitionist street stall they're gonna have to you know they all they're gonna hear about is that the, the the parade that crashes the Christmas party. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to plow their way through all that rubbish before they can get to you know the real deal. And this is I would be disassociating myself. You know, anytime there's an action, I almost need to like put an extra little. I need to have like a little um, like a little um blackboard with some chalk, and then I can be like, we are we do not support the crashing of the you know or we don't have nothing to do with the supermarket blockade or we don't have anything to do with safe or we don't have anything to, you know come and find out what we're about because it isn't that and um and again i know i mean i don't know i mean like i said there was a lot of single issue camp single issue people there and safe was of course involved um but i'm sure there was messages about veganism and i'm sure there are people involved who um you know talked about veganism but what I'm, I'm just trying to say, like, take a good look at yourself if, if, if you're getting on the news. Watch out because it's probably because you're doing something that's that's feeding into just exactly what they want to portray, which is that we are irrational, we are hostile, we um, are unapproachable, um, or even sometimes dangerous, maybe. I don't think we are, but, you know, they would love nothing more than for us to be seen as dangerous, and they could really dismiss us. Um and um, I just think there's just too much, yeah, I don't, like, if I, if I ever, yeah, I mean, I don't, I hope I made sense, I think I made sense, right, just be careful, like, I think people, like, if I, if, if that day when that newspaper guy was there, if I had had my breasts out and I was like hooked up to a fake milking machine pretending to be a cow I would have probably been on the front page but would that have actually been a good I mean really do you really think that getting on the front page or something like that the reason I use that example is because I remember I met someone at my street stall and then they just said oh you're not getting enough attention um too many people are walking by we're gonna get some women and and they're going to be naked from the waist up and we're going to pretend that they're cows and hook them up to milking machines, you know, to fake milking machines and then try to talk to people about dairy. And and I just, I mean, I'm not kidding. And sure enough, they did it. I think they even posted photos. I don't know if they got on the on the news on their, in their um, town or whatever, but I certainly hope not. But they probably did. So, yeah, so okay. So that's that. Um... Another thing, I was revisiting this um, thread, this Facebook thread from a while ago because of this whole um, March thing made me go back and look at it. And um, I remember that people like demand evidence that, well, your, your way, where's the evidence that your way is working? Like, and I never thought to turn back around and be like, hang on a minute, where's your evidence? I mean, there's people who are saying, I'm evidence-based and your way is not working. Like they're talking about abolitionists, like unequivocal, unequivocal, unequivocal nonviolent abolitionist advocacy. By unequivocal, we mean we, there is zero tolerance for welfareist activity. I mean, I could be pretty intolerant about stuff like that. I'm intolerant about you know racism and sexism and heterosexism and that as well at least as intolerant as I try as I can be with my own social conditioning and ignorance you know being brought up as a white person um and a very privileged person 
Um, I still have a long way to go. But the same with speciesism. I mean, I'm still really speciesist. I have a lot of speciesism in me. But as much as I can be, I'm intolerant of speciesism. So, um, yeah. Um, so, but they, they go on and on about how... Um, and I never thought of going back and being wait a minute, where's, what, what are you, where's your evidence? You know, I actually think if you look pretty hard at the last decade, you're going to see quite a bit of evidence that vegan advocacy since Gary Francione's podcast episode with Vegan Freaks and his blog and his interviews and his name and finally his books and people got out there that we've seen pretty big explosion in veganism, at least even just the concept or at least even a debate or at least even um, even if you go down to the basics like options and restaurants. I mean, I'm telling you, I came to New Zealand in 2008. Um, this was a year after Gary's Fran Francione's Vegan Freaks interview. Um, we came here and we pushed for vegan act to be to be um, to be um, done like vegan, like promote veganism and talk to people about veganism. And we went out and did it. And um, the welfareers have been here. I mean, Safe got started in like 1940 something, but they were just an anti-vivisection group. And then when they branched out to whatever they are now, they've been going for decades with their cage-free air campaigns. But it was only in the last 10 years that you've seen, I mean, when I came to New Zealand, there was, I think, one vegan restaurant in the entire country, maybe one in Wellington, uh, sorry, one in Hamilton, one in, in Auckland. So maybe there was two, maybe two. You would walk into a restaurant... There was, they didn't even know. Like, try to get um, any types of soy milk. Try to get vegan yogurt um, in the supermarket. None of that stuff. Well, you should come here now. I mean, anyone who, who's been around in the last 10 years in New, vegan, in, in New Zealand and has seen the difference. Every, almost every single restaurant has um, vegan um, stuff on the menu and um, things like um, vegan yogurt. I mean, this is all food-based, but even clothing, you know, and and um, and makeup and stuff like that. Um, there's more and more and more vegan stuff because there's more vegans, um, and so you can't. I mean, it just I think that it's really obvious that vegan advocacy works, and that I think there's plenty of evidence if you just do a little history check, just do a little fact-checking at the history. You know, since the last decade, I think it is. But, you know, they never provide. And I'm like, what is, where is your evidence that welfareism works? The only evidence you have is that you can make money off it. And so you have to justify doing it somehow. Now, that, that was a little bitter ending, but I don't want to sound bitter and twisted. So I think I've made my point. It's 38 minutes in my podcasting. That's probably long enough. Um... There was one other thing. This has been bugging me for years, and I, I'm going to just talk about it now because it's always bugged me. And I never, again, like when I was in the beginning, I didn't really know how to answer a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I was new, and I was, I didn't have a lot of experience. And so, you know, you learn stuff later. And I remember when I first was arguing with all of the vegans here, when I first got back, and I was like the only abolitionist that I knew and in New Zealand and um, I went up against the vegan chat group and um, and I remember um, one thing that happened well I can't go back in time now but I wish I knew then what I know now or at least I wish I had the way of thinking about it it was a um, animal rescue um, group or like you know charity and they do amazing work rescuing animals, um, like saving lives, you know, 
helping animals now through adoption and veterinary care and then rehoming and fostering and all this amazing stuff. But big, big, big proponents, big, big, big supporters to this day of welfareism. I mean, anyway, and single issue campaign welfareism um, as well as, so like things like anti-rodeo and things like that. And um, I remember them saying, you know, because they, everybody was very angry at me that I dared to argue with this because they were the heroes, you know. But I was like, well, I can separate their rescue work from their advocacy and I can praise the rescue work and criticize the advocacy um, with no problem. But that didn't go down well and I was just became enemy numero uno. But um, I remember that they came at me and said, well, you know, I'm trying to raise money. You know, I these animals need people to donate money. And if I force veganism at them and, and say, you have to go vegan, blah, 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 they're not going to, um, you know, it's like I'm going to alienate them and I'm going to lose all my donations and then what are my animals going to do? You know, what's going to happen to my animals? And um, it was, of course, a very emotive, like you're trying to, you know, you're trying to put me in a position or you're telling me to put myself in a position where I can't help these animals anymore because I'm going to become this enemy of the state and nobody's going to want to help me and blah, blah, blah. So, of course, it was at the time I was very new. I mean, I don't even think I'd been vegan for a year when I was trying to <laughs> argue with these people. And that was another thing. They thought I was this little upstart because some of them had been vegan for like 27 years. They would say, I've been vegan for 27 years. Um, and they and I t they knew I'd only been vegan for you know like a year, but it wasn't the point. It wasn't the point. Um, but I remember not. I I can't remember how I answered, but I think I said something like, "Well, leave it up to us to do the vegan advocacy, but just don't." What I was like, "Don't promote welfare." That's all I said. Like, just don't promote welfare. Like, stop promoting welfare. And what's ironic, when I look back, like, you should see the welfare campaigns that they were posting. Like, horrible images and sign this. And, and animals are, um, you know, like, um, the, the hammered to death and really graphic and stuff. And they had no problem pushing that because, you know, people didn't actually have to do anything, obviously, to um, sign that petition or to, to buy the cage-free eggs. Maybe they had to spend a little couple of extra dollars. So they were, at the same time, they're saying, I don't want to alienate people. They were put, they were, like pushing these like talent trying to get people to to do something through their animal rights you know alleged animal rights but through their rescue organizations website and stuff it's just that they don't realize that the reason that they got support from them is because they weren't actually challenging them at all i mean that doesn't challenge people at all it doesn't it just reinforces the status quo but now what i wish i had done at the time was say hey you know you don't have to um have you know things on your on your rescue page that say you know if you don't if you're not vegan you're um you are torturing animals or you know basic facts like that because that is actually a fact but those facts can be you know phrased in a way which can make people a little bit upset um but it's true if you're not vegan you're an animal you know quote abuser and unquote and all these types of things um or some of the messages that we were giving out would say they were calling us radicals and we're too radical and all this stuff um and I wish I had you know had the presence of mind at the time but I was still new and I was very overwhelmed by um all the hostility which I mean they would probably argue that I engendered it <laughs> but I was just I was so surprised to be honest I didn't it took me by surprise um, the reaction of, of all the vegans when I said, let's promote veganism. But um, I, I wish I had said to them, just 
okay, forget all just forget all the welfarist campaigns and everything like that because they're harmful. But what you can do is just promote vegan recipes, and you know, um, just positive things about be, about advice. Like here's some information about veganism. You could, if you wanted to be neutral, which is what the sort of the claims seem to want to be. Although they weren't being neutral at all, they're very welfareist and very single issue. I mean, any rodeo people would have never given them money for their animal rescue because they're very anti-rodeo. But then, so few people go to the rodeo, right? Um, compared to the general population, so they could have just posted vegan recipes. They could have had a place on their thing that said, "Here's some vegan information, vegan recipes." And then, if some of their donors were like, "Oh, I'm offended by that," or whatever, then they could engage and say, "Look, I'm just giving information, you know, here about people who are for people who are interested in veganism. I'm a vegan. That's why I rescue animals because I really recognize that they're moral persons, and that's where my passion is. But I'm just providing this information, and you can engage with people. Um, but um, and I sometimes and I really do think that there are people out there like Sophie Andrews is one who's um I mean she's a very talented um cook and baker and stuff and I'm I'm not but she really is but she um does a world of good people out there who are sharing their vegan recipes and teaching people how to you know just through through even just and but still being unequivocal about animal rights and when 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 asked to discuss it not equivocating and not compromising the moral message but you can start that so if you have a rescue like to me like you can be like peaceful prairie who are very pro um animal rights and pro unequivocal vegan message and are unapologetically <laughs> and so and rightly so um with their with their um you know with their what they promote on their page and that's fine but if you're if you're worried about your donor base um, because you're an animal rescue organization, it's still, it's immoral for you to promote welfareism and speciesism. Um, I mean, obviously they don't, people who believe in it don't think it's immoral. They think it's the right thing to do. But, um, but I, let's say you, you're doubtful about it or you, you're worried about that. Um, just, ha you can promote veganism just by having vegan information, like, vegan recipes and um, vegan clothing and um, s simple questions about about um, you can just have a little uh, like information sheet about like you know this is this is um, it's affordable you know you can buy these these shoes you can buy these clothes and things like that and you can have your vegan stuff on your rescue page and um, it doesn't have to be pro as provocative if you're worried about being too provocative. Um, does that make sense? I just wish I'd had the presence of mind at the time. I wish I could go back to that argument and be like, um, you can do that if you, if you, but, you know, instead of promoting these really emotive, these, these welfareist campaigns, um, you know, they, they use such, they use such graphic imagery and, um, and they, um, anger the farmers obviously the farmers get upset but the the people who sign the anti-rodeo petition don't go to rodeos um whereas and then if you if you have just vegan information then if they're not interested if they still want to help your animal rescue and they're not interested in, in that then they won't care about the vegan information 
um, but it's there if 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 you need it and you're still presenting it you know as part of sort of what how you're still relating it to your rescue work um but anyway I didn't make any headway with this charity and they are very very welfareist very pro big promoters of single issue and welfare um sadly so I won't promote their um or I have to do it with a massive disclaimer like I will I will give them money towards their vet bills because they have big vet bills but there's no way I'm gonna be like go and read this page um it's so important not to it's just really important to me um like we had a conversation on Carolyn's podcast about this I was invited my Facebook page is not very active at all, but I get the occasional because I think what people do is they, they they want to do something, so they look, they just Google like New Zealand vegan stuff, and then they have heaps. There's heaps of Facebook pages now in New Zealand, um, and around the world. You know, vegan children and vegan this and vegan that and fat vegans and broke vegans and all the stuff and then I just come up as a vegan thing and they just lump us all together and most of the time they everything's everything's welcome anything's welcome I'm very discerning about what I um what I promote on my page for a reason I have my reasons so the chef was like oh here I'm doing some vegan cooking lessons and of course most of the other pages would be like great and they would have posted it well I was like well are you vegan and um, they said, no, do I have to be vegan to do vegan cooking lessons? And I said, well, technically no. But I'm very careful about what I promote because I, you know, my position is that non-humans are moral persons and I'm very careful about what I point people towards. Um, and it came out that they categorically did not believe that animals, that non-human animals are moral persons. That was stated clearly and literally, I do not believe that they are moral persons. And veganism is just a diet and refused to concede that point even when I pointed out that leather and wool and zoos and rodeos because of course I am against the rodeo everybody I just don't agree with single issue campaigns but anyway all that stuff is not food <laughs> so veganism is not a diet I refused to see that and then it, it actually became you know quite an interesting conversation and again I did my best to be um, you know I didn't call them names or chant at them or like write in all caps or um, be anything like that and they were still they still got very upset so all you advocates who want action and excitement you're going to get plenty of it you don't have to go out and engender it any more than necessary but anyway bottom line is I the person's attitude was appalling <laughs> towards other animals absolutely appalling and um yeah and I was and I said well and I'm thinking well you know, there's no way I'm going to send people to your cooking class to hear that in my name. Um, and other people say, oh, the benefit of a vegan cooking class, but I don't think so. I think the detriment of of promoting, species, you know, really blatant speciesism. I mean, you're going to go to this class and this person's going to present it as a diet, an arbitrary diet. Goodness knows what they're going to say. They might say it's difficult, <laughs> you know just not going to do it 
I, I'm not going to send people to that vegan cooking class because to me it's actually counterproductive. I don't care if it's a vegan cooking class. I think it's counterproductive. I hope that that's clear. So there's reasons for why we abolitionists, or me anyway, um, absolutely do not promote anything and everything that comes up in our feed that has the word vegan in it. I mean, I still get excited when I see the word vegan, but if it's on the news, I'm bracing myself because I know it's going to be something that we re-portray ourselves or we're portrayed or we've done something that um, in my mind is not helping us. So I think we just need to forget about getting on the news for now and just remember it's an idea and you have to understand it and live it um, I think before you have a right to go out there throwing that word around um, in my opinion but that's just my humble opinion and uh, anyway so I hope that that was helpful um, the reason I say these things now is because you never know there might be people out there who are encountering this kind of questions and these kind of um, things and I'm hoping that my experience can help you so that you can have some basis or maybe you can elaborate or you can get some insight or you might not even agree with what I'm saying but um, you it might help you when you're if you're new and people are throwing these things at you and maybe you just agree with me and then um, hopefully maybe it can take a shortcut and you're not going to take 10 years to address it the way I just have um, and you'll be able to um, say what you how you want to say in the moment um, because there's nothing worse than walking away and then a few weeks later or a few days or even a few hours later going ah oh, I wish I'd said that you know too late so that's that's one of the aims of this podcast so thank you so much for listening and I'm really sorry again about the really bad sound quality of this broadcast I know it's bad I really miss Pro Tools I really miss my old microphone but this is how it is and I feel better and thank you for listening and I'll be back bye